This is the Anatomy of a Scream Pod Squad Network. Welcome back to White Ladies in Crisis. It's a podcast where we're talking about the entire first season of Apple TV's Physical. I am Joe Lipset, and I am joined, as always, by my wonderful co-hosts, Jen Adams. Hello. As well as Gina Radcliffe. Hi. And we are talking about Physical Episode 6, Let's Get It on Tape. And I'm not going to lie, this one nearly gave me a panic attack because the money, the money. <laughs> yeah, The money is not something that I have really, like, I, I kind of forget that that's part of it. I guess I'm just so invested in her, like, making this tape, you know? Like, oh. Oh, yeah, Jen's the money. like, aerobics, yay. Gina and I, I are like, we're biting our fingernails down to the quick. <laughs> <laughs> oh god okay so yeah in this episode uh basically we're making a campaign video and we're shooting our aerobics video so that's great we're making progress on both fronts we've got a little bit of john bream flirting we've got mm -hmm. some talk about the mall and capitalism and we are maxing out those credit cards and ruining a friendship with greta oh uh. Yeah. For now, for now, at least, I I yes. I, I hope that uh, they will uh, eventually you know you get to be tentatively friends again. Mm -hmm. Oh, I really thought that things were going to start to get better for the two of them, particularly when Sheila kind of gets away with telling a sort of half truth about why she stormed away from the restaurant last week, mm -hmm. and then it seems like cool. We're going to do this dumb makeup thing. And then it all just goes to hell. <laughs> yeah. And I, I think there is still a little bit of hope because at the beginning, Greta is saying when she's asking Sheila if she's having an affair, she's like, I feel like nobody tells me the truth anymore. Yes. And so I wonder if she will at least be grateful that Sheila told her the truth about what's going on with Ernie because she's been so paranoid. Like, I remember her being at that that fish party and like, I wonder if it's somebody I know. Like, I hope she can find at least a little bit of peace just knowing, you know. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's a weird thing, but, you know, it's probably better than him actually just cheating on her. Yeah. Yeah, yeah and I, I do think, I mean, full confession, ladies, I was cheated on for many, many years, oh, and I found out that several of my friends knew and never told me. Oh, and... that's the worst. They're not your friends. They weren't your friends. Well, yeah. it was, it's a weird situation where, in this case, it was like they thought that we were in, in an open relationship. And obviously, that is not the case here with physical, although in the mm -hmm. 80s, polyamory was obviously a thing. Mm -hmm. But I often reflect back on it and think, if someone knew, I really wish that they would have told me because mm -hmm. I would have rather known. So I do think that you're both right. I think this ultimately is going to cause a riff in the short run. But I do think that in the long run, Greta is probably going to appreciate that somebody said, take a look at the tape and see what your husband's been up to. Yeah, and I really thought she was going to lie about that camera. I'm kind of yeah. like was kind of impressed that she did kind of come clean, you know, and she was 
pretty sensitive to how she gave Greta the tape and sort of said, hey, you know, you're going to want to watch this. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, she, she's way more kind about it than than you, know, you would assume that she would be. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, and just more forthright, too, you know. Indeed, yeah. I I appreciated that she tried to soften the blow by saying it's not what you think, so it's not a sex tape. It's just, mm-hmm. it's a bit of a weird fetish thing, as we talked about last week. But, yeah. oh, she's still, Sheila is such a polarizing character. Mm-hmm. I feel like it's a whiplash watching her basically torpedo this afternoon that Greta has set up for the girls and then uh-huh. use it as an opportunity to hawk her video cassettes from the trunk of her car and then be like, is it okay that I did that? Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, Sheila, it is not. Yeah. Yeah, every time I think that she and Greta, like she actually is starting to kind of care for Greta, she does some shit like that. That's like, that's very self-preservative. And I mean, I I get it, you know, mm-hmm. and I'm part of me is glad that she like kind of, was empowering also she shut down an mlm which is always good but i was like <laughs> i mean i just felt so greta broke my heart in this episode it's just ugh. oh yeah because it was yeah. the teacher like giving her shit about her scarf and then sheila yeah. like hey this whole party's bullshit you know and then getting that tape that's a rough afternoon for greta and i mean i'm, I'm impressed because her her pitch as inappropriately timed as it was <laughs> yes. was a a, a lot better and more professional sounding than the pitch of the lady doing this, uh, you know, figuring out your, your your season, which I can tell you was actually a thing. Oh, God. Mm-hmm. Oh, no. I remember that. Yeah, this was actually a thing where you were supposed to determine what your season was mm-hmm. to, in order to pick out what color makeup, what color clothing you wear. That was very much a thing. I remember thinking that and being like, I wonder what my season is. But then hearing like she's basically just nagging them. You know, it's like a, a shame party. She's nagging Greta specifically. Mm-hmm. And, and and Greta is hosting the party, which is pretty, yeah. you know, pretty ballsy on the, on the, mm-hmm. uh, the sales lady's part. It's bad form. And I guess the intention would be... I'm I'm sort of thinking of this cynically, would the intention then be to say, oh, well, of course, you're wearing the wrong season because I want you to buy new makeup that of I'm course. then going yeah, to tell yeah. you is a better fit. Yeah, yeah mm-hmm. no one, no one, no one at these things, you know, somehow magically knows what their season is. And, and you know, whatever color you're wearing, even if it's a color makeup or clothing that you like, you know, this, this quote unquote beauty consultant is going to tell you it's the wrong color. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but this one that I have for $35 is exactly what you need. Right. Because really, this whole episode is about peddling yourself in a way that is packaged so that other people will pick up what you are selling, right? Because we've mm-hmm. got this lady, then we've got Sheila trying to sell Bunny and Bunny then going along with it to sell this videotape. And then, of course, we've got Danny peddling his new ad. Mm-hmm. <laughs> The rabbi line cracked me up. <laughs> the junior rabbi was pretty spot on. That was funny. I have a little. I do have a little trouble believing that a. a I mean, I realize he is now an ex college professor, but this is seriously the first time he's had to wear a suit. Right. Yeah. I was like, mm-hmm. what? And, like you've never been. What did you wear at your wedding? You know. Oh, he probably wore like he probably wore like a dashiki and bell bottoms. Uh, oh, you're God, probably no right. <laughs> he wore that beach poncho we found. Exactly. <laughs> That's so emblematic, of course, that he would look at something like a suit as a symbol of capitalism. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The three-piece cage. 
(laughs) (laughs) I did kind of enjoy his rant at the mall. Um, Although I like the mall. Yeah, I, I... I grew, I grew up in southern New Jersey. I don't know anything but malls. Me too. That's mm-hmm. like the mall capital of the world. So I, I, you know, never had a chance to, you know, live in a world that didn't have malls. Mm-hmm. In fact, in fact, if anything, now it's a little weird that malls are kind of fading out now. And it's very bizarre to me. Mm-hmm. It's like the sad malls, you know? Oh, yeah, yeah. The yeah. whole YouTube, the whole, like, bunch of YouTube videos are like, you know, let's take a walk to this dying mall. I'm like, well, that's depressing. <laughs> Right. right, like aging Sam Goody. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this 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 entire store has been taken, but has been replaced by a bank of claw machines. <laughs> <laughs> but man, I lived at the mall, you know. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's funny that okay, so we we initially speculated that Bunny lived in her store at the mall. And then last week, we found out that she actually lives in a van. But Mm -hmm. something struck me about the idea of a mall as a kind of capitalist church that Mm -hmm. again, I did think of you, Jen, because I thought, oh, that's actually a bit sage of Danny to make that kind of observation. Because of course, you know, whenever I think of malls as a horror fan, I think of Romero and Dawn of the Dead and, Mm -hmm. you know, thinking of it as a shrine to capitalism. But I don't know. I mean, I'm also a teen who spent a lot of those years living at the mall because it was the place to go. Yeah. Well, and so like when I was doing, um, when I was in school, getting my educate my teacher's license, we would take like these educational psychology classes. And they would talk about how like church services and lessons, like you design them in a way to kind of invoke a hive mind, you know, and try to mm-hmm. kind of get people on the same page. And I mean, I guess like designing a mall with a big gathering space where you can have like John Breen giving his speech about his new like blockbuster store, it becomes a kind of gathering place where you can have kind of like a positive hive mind or like mob kind of thing. I mean, I don't want to say it's worshiping the almighty dollar because that feels a bit <laughs> just like dated. But I mean, there it is like in service of capitalism. Yeah, I thought it was an interesting twist that we see that John Bream has given Danny's political opponent who correct me if I'm wrong, we haven't actually met yet. Have we? I don't think so. No, okay. but he, he he's his name is Mike Schmidt, which which cracks me up because there was a a, a famous baseball player in the seventies and the eighties named Mike Schmidt, and that's auto, that's yeah. automatically who I think of. <laughs> <laughs> we'll have to see if slash when we ever see this Mike Schmidt if he looks like the baseball player. Then <laughs> <laughs> I thought that Danny was running, not Danny. Uh, John Breen was running. This so was the episode I, where I realized initially. he's just backing. You know. Hmm. Yeah, I think because he has too much invested in the process, but he himself doesn't want to be a politician. Mm-hmm. Because as we talked about, he's he's really a developer, ladies. He mm. he needs to <laughs> sink so much money into these upstarts, and I'm just thinking, okay, so clearly he must also then own this mall because mm-hmm. he's able to offer Sheila a kind of quid pro quo space that mm-hmm. is meant to be for Danny's political office and instead she shoots a fucking aerobics video in (laughs) that's one of those moments where i'm like yeah sheila hustle i loved it i uh, i loved it but then watching her go on that shopping spree oh my god i just i was just like 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 i'm like my throat is clenching it's just like the piles of like workout clothes and i'm like Mm -hmm. how much do you need you're making one video 
Right. How, how many how many costume changes? I mean, you have to change your leg warmers, okay? Otherwise, you're <laughs> never going to get fit, right? So when you guys were talking about the money at the beginning, is this the scene that you were talking about? Because this scene did give me a lot of uh, stress. That and the fact that Jerry is now actively checking the financial account logbook. So we we know that she's been lying. We know that she's been trying to find ways to cover it up. But, you know, even there's the line that she has repeated throughout the season where she says, you know, like, one for me, one for you kind of deal. That's Mm -hmm. uh, me paraphrasing. And we just know that she doesn't have a lot of money in that account. Mm -hmm. And then they keep bringing up things that cost more money. You know, the the $10,000 for the duplicator, or we could maybe go the five to $4,000 if we go with my porn contacts. And then also, <laughs> let's go with the bigger ad spend for Danny's ad campaign now that it turned out well. And I'm just like, but there's no money. Oh, God. <laughs> right. It's a house of cards. <laughs> yeah, you just get another credit card. You leverage the first one. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> the, the theme the theme of her this episode you can say her lies are starting to close in on her yes mm-hmm. which is perfect timing because this is you know episode six we're closing in on really the the last couple of episodes of this 10 episode season mm-hmm. we know she has to get caught at some point like something has to catch up with her and i guess in this one it was the minor theft of the video cassette uh, or sorry, the the camcorder, but clearly the money stuff is going to be the big revelatory thing, and I'm just worried that it's all going to come crashing down the minute she starts to get a taste of success with these videos that she's making with Bunny. Yeah, yeah, I I, do, I don't know. I think maybe I just kind of think she's going to figure out because she she sold several of them, so that's a little bit of money. Now that's not nearly as much as she needs to start actually making profit, but mm-hmm. I don't know. I I don't know. She's scrappy. I wonder if she can, <laughs> she can get get through it. Well, there's definitely every indication that this is the start of something, right? Because hypothetically, these women become a bit of a cottage industry. They tell their mm-hmm. friends she might be able to sell more tapes, but. I guess it just the upfront costs of all of these things is what gives me the panic because mm-hmm. I'm thinking $4,000 in today money is a lot. Yeah. So yeah. I'm trying to do the math and think of like, how much is $4,000 in 1981 dollars? <laughs> mm-hmm. A billion, I think. <laughs> <laughs> I also really, I also really like the scene where Bunny and Sheila are practicing their routine and mm-hmm. Bunny is trying to, I guess, sort of put the feelers out on Sheila a little bit and you know, learn more about her. And mm-hmm. Sheila's just like, yep, nope, closing that shit down. And <laughs> it, it, it's so interesting how, you know, particularly when, you know, we, we compare it to today when people, particularly on social media, tend to be a little almost too open Yes. About their personal <laughs> lives and, and, and their, you know, their problems and all. And, and, and Sheila is just like absolutely will not talk about like anything that, that would suggest that her life is anything other than, than, you know, the way she presents it. Mm-hmm. And, and it's, and it's obvious that Bunny has her figured out pretty mm-hmm. well. Mm-hmm. That was my favorite part about it is that Bunny even tells her after the fact, oh, well, I knew I just had to ask you questions and that would get you to stop basically lambasting me for smoking indoors. 
Right. right. Yeah, exactly. that was a weird moment. <laughs> and when you and you think about it, Bunny is an exercise instructor, so she is probably used to women opening up to her. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, whether she you know wants them to be or not. You know, a lot of times women tend to treat their their trainers, their instructors right. as sort of unpaid therapy because, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of times they don't have anybody else to talk to. Mm-hmm. And and Sheila clearly has nobody else to talk to. I, I mean, I think she wants to a little bit. I love when you could see the wheels turning in her head as to whether or not she's going to, you know, share something with this other person. You know, more often than not, she does not. Right. Mm-hmm. But she wants to. Yeah. But. You kind of have to keep in mind that although she is in her mid-30s here, this is mid-30s mm-hmm. in, in 1981, so she's a boomer. Right. And and mm-hmm. boomers were not big on, you know, airing out the dirty laundry. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, keep it all behind closed doors. Right. But yeah. it's probably a decade younger than her. Mm-hmm. So, so. she she's still she's still a boomer, but kind of on that later end. So, yeah. you know, they're starting to accept the idea of therapy and, and that, you know, walking around carrying a bunch of garbage inside you is no good. So there's an interesting conflict happening there. Yeah, she's also with Tyler, who I feel like is just really open about everything, you know, which is which I enjoy. Um, who had 17 minutes until Jen brought up Tyler? Anyone? <laughs> Bingo? Anyone? <laughs> I loved him in this episode, and I have more thoughts on that later. Well, yes, we'll thoughts. circle back to Tyler. He needs his whole <laughs> own section now. He does, yes, in this episode. Um, but yeah, there's the moment at the beginning where she, where Greta's asking her where she was, and she, like I really, I want them to talk about how much they have in common. Mm-hmm. And I, you hear Sheila's like in her thoughts, like that's the Don't only thing her. she'll ever think Don't about. Tell her. Yeah, I know. And I'm like, I mean, I felt that, you know, I'm like, can I be this open with people and I combat that sometimes by like telling them way too much than, than they need to know. But yeah, it's just that, that moment of like, I, I feel like Sheila really part of her really wants to connect with these women um, and knows that she, she really could get a lot out of it. And she's very like comforting to Greta. Like Greta's like, Oh, you're such a good friend. I'm so glad you're here. Like she's really supportive surface level, you know? I can't help but feel that it's because Greta is even more starved for female friendship. Like, she's so mm-hmm. candid about how no one listens to her. No one confides mm-hmm. in her. Ernie is not a good husband in that way. But I definitely am leaning more towards what Gina is saying, which is, I think that Sheila should be opening up to Greta because that's a real relationship. But for some mm-hmm. reason, the combativeness of her relationship with Bunny makes her more... I don't think she's actually being truthful, but it seems Mm -hmm. like she's actually more eager to impress Bunny and therefore more willing to be candid. Does that make sense? Yeah, Bunny's playing hard to get with her. Yeah. And Greta's, yeah, Greta's all in. Greta's too emotionally available, so there's no challenge for Sheila. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Part of her still sort of—I don't know that she knows that Bunny. That that's, she doesn't know that Bunny lives in a van yet. That that's just I something that the, so. that the audience knows. Yeah. So I yeah. think I think I think that she still perceives Bunny to have this sort of you know carefree life where all she really has to worry about is you know doing her her exercise classes and mm-hmm. you know she, she has no other responsibilities to to anyone else. Oh, she's yeah. coveting Bunny's life. Mm. probably in the same way Greta is coveting Sheila's life 
right and and, and the whole idea is is you know everybody has the wrong idea what everybody's lives are like because everybody Mm -hmm. is being deceitful Mm -hmm. right not necessarily in a in a bad way just today i don't want people to know this about me right you know how many people would you know if you lived in a van how many people would you want to you know to know about that i mean Mm -hmm. right yeah, yeah, unless unless you're like Francis McDormand, that's like probably a thing that you know <laughs> would, would be kind of embarrassing and a little hard to explain. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Although I'm sure Jerry would love it because it'd be oh, Jerry the Bohemian yeah. lifestyle that he wants. Oh yeah, Jerry would move in. Oh God. Speaking of Jerry, Jerry is. I mean, except for giving uh, what's her face a, a uh, Simone. Simone. A, a, a un, an unwanted shoulder massage. He wasn't too terrible this episode. <laughs> he wasn't, and he does seem a little still kind of cowed by Sheila, you know? Mm-hmm. Although mm-hmm. he's still an asshole to her. And I loved the moment where Sheila was like, is he going to let Jerry talk to me like this? Kind of in her head. She's like, yep, yeah, he is. You know, and that was, that, that was the most like clear, like awareness I think I've, seen from her in her thoughts, you know, about what this relationship with Danny is, you know? Yeah, there's definitely a shift in the way that she talks to herself. Like, she still Mm -hmm. definitely beats herself up about her looks and particularly around other women, like, especially with Greta. She doesn't want to lose face in her mind in front of Greta, but Mm -hmm. she's become increasingly more comfortable smack talking jerry and talking down about danny which mm-hmm. i don't know i guess we call progress well i mean they, they deserve it so oh they absolutely deserve it yeah. yes <laughs> yeah and i wonder like if the aerobics thing is has been very empowering um and i keep coming back to this moment in one of the episodes of sex in the city and one of the seasons where like um uh <laughs> where charlotte is being really really kind to carrie and really shitty to herself and carrie's like wow that was really great that made me feel really good why can't you do that for yourself you uh. know and i think about like i wish sheila could see how badly she talks about herself. But I think she's also like, she is starting to pump these other women up as part of her like sales tactic. And mm-hmm. those phrases just kind of get in your head, you know, and that's just kind of a mantra that your brain latches onto. So I wonder if this subtle shift of like pumping other women up is just kind of raising her own confidence and empowerment levels, you know? Yeah, because she has that moment where Greta says, tell me the truth. Like, tell me Mm -hmm. why you left the dinner, because if it's about adultery, I can't be friends with you. And, Mm -hmm. you know, Jen, you mentioned it. It's you can't tell her because she will always look at you different. But then Mm -hmm. at the color season party, she literally says, it's not about what you look like. It's about your heart. It's about your muscles and how you feel. Mm -hmm. And it's just like, Sheila, baby internalize what you're fucking saying right now (laughs) come on i mean this this is a perfect sales pitch to take an exercise class right that that it's it's not like you know worrying about your outside is how it makes you feel on the inside Mm -hmm. and i mean that's that's just a a flawless pitch no you're absolutely right the thing is is like she just can't reconcile the fact that what she's talking about in terms of take my exercise program is also the way that she should be approaching living her own life Right. Right. And it's hard when the seeds are so deeply internalized of like, I'm bad, I'm 
the worst, you know, because I think about that a lot. Like, yes, I should be grateful for my body and it can do all of these things. And yes, it doesn't matter what it looks like. It's how I feel. And like I've talked in therapy a little bit, like I wish I could believe that, you Mm -hmm. know, like Mm -hmm. there's I really, really want to believe that. (laughs) I know all the things to say. If only I could believe it. Exactly. 100 percent. Oh, God. We really are our own worst enemies when it comes to we that. Really, oh, we really are. Yeah. <sighs> okay. Has the time come to talk about Tyler? Ha! <laughs> it's Tyler O'Clock. Welcome back to <laughs> Jen's Crush on Tyler Corner. <laughs> so I won't lie. I found a number of lines in this episode very funny. But I think a top contender for me is talking about eating a burrito and doing a full-on mouth autopsy to try to figure out what the flavor is. Uh-huh. <laughs> oh, oh Tyler. Tyler. And I love, like, I see, I feel like we see how smart he is in this episode, too, you know? He's like, yeah, I heard everything you said. It's fine. You know, I'll, I'm doing my, my little ding-dong stuff. But I'm also, I'm with you. And then he has the suggestion about the gray suit, you know. Mm-hmm. I feel like he's just kind of like, he bides his time and he takes his moment. And like, he's just cool to watch everybody else do their own thing, you know. Right. And I think that he is someone that Sheila has, uh, up to this point, I, I think she's seeing it now, but has kind of underestimated him as a sort of dipshit surfer dude that she could yeah. sort of you know, boss, boss around and, and, you know, take advantage of and, you know, but I think she's seeing now that he's actually quite a bit savvier than, than he would appear. Right. That he, he, that he knows what he's talking about. I mean, he's still, he's still an idiot savant, but he's, <laughs> yeah. he's still both of those things, you know, he's mm-hmm. definitely a bit of an idiot sometimes, but he does have those great moments of insight. Right. He, he's he's way more useful to the campaign at this point than Jerry is. Oh, oh God, totally. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, and I love how earnest he is, too, when he's like, I put my heart and soul in it. I need to know if you're bummed or stoked. So it just cracked <laughs> me up. Like, just that's I think what I'm really loving about his performance is like he doesn't seem like he's too cool for everybody else. Like he seems like he's like a really kind of caring and empathic person, but also just kind of happy to let people be who they want to be, you know, which... I wish we had more people in the world like that, you know? He's definitely the most authentic character. Like, what he is Mm -hmm. saying, you get the impression he actually means it. Uh Right. He's a very, what you see is what you get with him. Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. I also loved when he was talking about how the video quality will go down if they try to do it too often without a proper oh. duplicator. And he said, I can't degrade you girls like that. I know. <laughs> like, oh, Tyler. <laughs> but like, that feels like a quietly feminist thing to say, right? He wants mm-hmm. them to look their best. He's obviously also proud of his own work, which is why he mm-hmm. needs the bum versus stoked seal of approval from Sheila. <laughs> Yeah, and I mean, he's, like, supporting them. He's not trying to take over the project, too, you know, which I hadn't really Mm -hmm. thought about before. He's in charge of what he knows he can bring to it, which is all of his experience from porn, and which it cracks me up every time. They're like, yeah, I know a guy from porn. Just so Mm -hmm. cute. Yep, there's still a porn connection. I secretly hope that when this show gets a second season that we will see some of that porn connection like mm-hmm. do do they have to rely on the porn people to start getting these tapes out or like do they use a porn model to do it 
Mm, which I don't think John Bream is going to like that very much if they do. <laughs> I'll be sure wouldn't now. <laughs> I don't know if he's got an adult section in his video store. Well, that's store. true. Hmm, that, yeah. <laughs> Maybe he secretly likes it. I was going to say he won't openly like. <laughs> right, right, yeah. So I'm curious, was I the only one who caught that really obvious flirting when she was quizzing John Bream in his office? <laughs> I caught the I don't think of you at all line, which I was like, go shoot. Sure, girl. Uh-huh. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's a weird little spark. I don't know if I like it, but it's there. <laughs> now, do you not like it because you just don't like him? I just, I mean, I feel like, you know, although this is maybe a pattern with her and men she's attracted to, I mean, she would just be going from the frying pan into the fire. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. Yeah, because he's definitely bad news. Like, they should not sleep together, even though no. they obviously are going to. I know, and I will enjoy that episode. But yeah, I agree. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's something, and I, I was trying to look up um, the actor's name, but he just has this this strange quality to him where, like, he's really engaging, but I see, but he seems very prickly. I have a hard time seeing him having chemistry with anybody in anything I've ever really seen him in, you know? He just kind of exists, like, singularly. He is a little bit sterile, right? Like, he's mm-hmm. he's so uppity. Like, he's really good at playing a stiff character. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <sighs> I don't know. If anybody can... <laughs> Anybody can bring him down at Sheila. <laughs> I just sort of feel like that if they were to have an affair, that it would just like break his brain and he would like tell her he's going to leave his wife for her, that oh they God. have to be together, and then just like mm-hmm. really, you know, put more into it than she wants to get out of it. Do you, right. do, do you mm-hmm. know what I mean? Where he thinks that they're, you know, having some mad mm-hmm. love affair and, and she's just busting out and just having a fling with someone. Yeah. Yes, I can see the obsessive for sure. Well, he seems very like fastidious too. So like I could imagine I'm imagining at some point his video his like burgeoning video store is going to come into play with Sheila trying to like sell her videos and I wonder if he's going to be kind of like leering by them filming and but not able to kind of work himself up to actually making a move or do it like and so I wonder if there's going to be like this shame element to it which i could totally see oh for sure yeah 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 well it would be interesting it'd be a good compliment to the shame that sheila feels about her own body right i mean Ah, mm -hmm. you're right but that would require a certain level of interiority into the male psyche which i don't think this series is particularly interested in doing because it really i mean it's a very much about sheila but i think secondarily more about women yeah, yes. I agree. I don't want a John Bream season. Oh, God, you know? no. <laughs> <laughs> Although I I made the suggestion last week, I wouldn't be opposed to doing a kind of breakout episode where we get to see a day in the life of Bunny or Greta. Yeah. Or like the episode um, on My So-Called Life where it was all about Brian. Like, I, I could do one of those and we hear inside his head. Mm. I would like that. It'd be interesting. We'll have to see yeah. if the show plays outside of the out of the lines if it gets more episodes. I don't think it's something we'll see this season. Yeah, no, I don't think so either. We're only only down to like four episodes left. I know. And they're 30 minutes. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, well, before we move into predictions for what's to come, did either of you have any other standout scenes or lines that you wanted to talk about? 
Yeah, I have um, one that I just wanted to mention because I was really proud of Sheila. And we already kind of mentioned it, but where Jerry was giving Simone the back rub Mm. and she was like, no, she said stop. Like, I was really glad that Sheila did that. And I noted like it's about someone else. So I think a lot of times it's easier for you to kind of stand up for someone else than it is for you to stand up for yourself. But I also like it made me feel like the most sympathy I've ever felt for Simone. You know, because she like had to kind of play it off. No, no, no. I really was into it. I'm just I've had enough, you know, and it just kind of I think it revealed so much about the way women are expected to interact with men, especially Mm -hmm. with men with authority. Yep. I was actually uh, I was going to point out the exact same moment. Oh, really? (laughs) No, I think it's it's hugely telling. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and how, how fast Simone says, "Oh no, no, it's okay, it's okay." Because I mean, mm-hmm. you know, even now, you know, we've been conditioned to kind of minimize men, you know, being inappropriate and touchy, mm-hmm. and and well, you know, it's not like he you know jumped out of the bushes with a knife or something. It was just a neck rub, or just you mm-hmm. just patted my butt or whatever. You know, I mean, it's no big deal, mm-hmm. and. You know, I, I I think the younger folks are saving us in this regard, thank goodness. But mm. but <laughs> so, so certainly, I think for like thirty five and older, you you've spent a long time just sort of you know, you know, it's okay. No, really, I don't I don't want to get anybody upset or anything. It's okay. Well, mm-hmm. yeah, because you don't want to get murdered by men with like small dick syndrome who take offense right. <laughs> and then end up killing or stalking you because you told them you didn't want to back rub. Exactly. Y- you mm-hmm. don't want that. And you also just don't want to be perceived as, you know, uncool or, yeah. or, or, yeah. or, 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 or uptight or whatever. You, yeah. you, you, you just don't want that. Yeah. You want to get fired, you know, or like stop being invited to the meetings where you plan projects, you know, or just, or just, or just, you know, stop being invited to hang out with certain friends because, you know, you're no fun. Yeah. You're the stick in the mud. Used to be so much cooler. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) I I just think it's really telling that all three of us really did hone in on that scene because it's like it's not a significant part of this episode. And yet it's a moment where a it's a good moment for Sheila, but also Mm -hmm. Simone's response was like so spot on telling for me. And and it's just just like it's just like, you know, the patterns are repeating itself. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, Simone's like, what about maybe a little less than half her age? So mm-hmm. she's a, she's of the next generation. So mm-hmm. you know, but but it's still the same old bullshit. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Well, and I mean, how was it? Forty years later, same old bullshit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, not to be a downer. <laughs> no, no, no. I mean, it's it's worth mentioning. You know, I mean, yeah, it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And it's it's interesting how quickly we all pick that up. You know, like it's just a moment, but we all are like, "Yep, I've been there today." You know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I I had a couple of funny lines earmarked. So I did enjoy Sheila's in her head response to the color party where she said, I'd rather die in a house fire. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but the one that really kind of broke my heart, but was also funny is when Sheila says, did you dip your face in acid? And Greta <laughs> says, worse, I paid someone else to dip my face in acid. Mm-hmm. I had I wrote that down too. I thought Greta's delivery is just amazing. I just love her. <laughs> she always feels like a character in a Coen Brothers movie to me. Sometimes she just <laughs> yeah. so she's so fretful, and and I, I really relate to Greta in a lot of ways. Yes, mm-hmm. 
I mean, I, I, I've not burned with a, a, you know, shitty husband with a weird fetish, but a lot of, a, a lot of, you know, the way she carries herself and the way she talks and how she's constantly worried about, you know, what other people think of her and, and that, that all feels very familiar to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, one, other, one quick moment, one other thing I liked was at the uh, color party, I love how all the other guests are wearing these, like, high-necked prairie school teacher, you know, Mormon housewife dresses, and she mm-hmm. just got this little, like, spaghetti strap tank on, and, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> she looks like she just came in from the beach, and everybody right. else, like, everybody else is covered in fabric from, like, from, like, neck to toe. Oh my god, yeah, Greta is, like, swathed in fabric, like, you can only see her face. Which kind of cracked me up a little bit. It's like, did people wear scarves like that? Well, I think she was still covering the the burns from oh, her, that's um, right. from the 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 dipping her face in apple yeah, acid. Yeah, the, the, chemi- <laughs> the chemical peel. Which I to this day I don't know why people put themselves through that, but I know. So the only other thing I think I would mention is it's interesting to see Bunny and Sheila doing their routines together and seeing Bunny kind of taking her cues from Sheila, especially since Bunny has been like she she's it's body by Bunny. Like she is the the spearhead <laughs> of this. And so I was I was wondering if it's going to kind of be like a, a Tiffany and New Kids on the Block situation where like Sheila starts out as like the novice and then kind of overtakes the matter and becomes the master, you know, which is interesting. Yeah, I wonder. Part of me wonders when, uh, and we and we haven't actually seen any flash forwards recently for the, mm-hmm. uh, the past couple episodes, but I wonder in the you know when she clearly you know makes it to you you know some level of fame, you know does she take Bunny along with her? Does she leave Bunny behind, or do they end up becoming rivals? That's I'm, I'm right. interested in, in seeing how that plays out. I want them to be friends. I just want them to be do. friends and do aerobics together. Yeah, I, I want I want her and and Bunny and Greta to all not necessarily the three of them together, but at least with Sheila, understand they all have an unexpected common ground. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I found that the positioning in the two aerobic sequences that we get in the episode was kind of telling to me. So in the video, we see that it's primarily Bunny in the mm-hmm. front. And partially, I think that's because Tyler is the one shooting it. So they probably blocked it that way. But yeah. then there is that scene where the two of them are practicing the moves. And it seems like Sheila is then educating Bunny on how to do the new kind of more advanced aerobics moves. And mm-hmm. that cued me that Sheila is swiftly overtaking her and I think just my cynical heart tells me that she's gonna leave Bunny behind. Yeah. Well we haven't seen Bunny in the flash forward. No. I I, I have to I have to assume that you know Bunny trying to hide that she's not actually white. Right. Is going to play in in some way later i don't know how but but Mm -hmm. i i can't assume they would just throw that in there some level of character development that that somehow that's going to be important later yeah right yeah i mean we'll we'll see we haven't seen sheila be as blackmaily as i expected her to be when we first started the season (laughs) so i'm hopeful that it doesn't turn into something where she Ugh, I could see this being really gross because it is set in the 80s and there is a lot of like Islamophobia and, you know, scares about communism. Mm-hmm. I hope it doesn't turn into something where she uses Bunny's heritage against her in that way. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think she I don't think she's evil in that regard. You know, she's just she's just self-serving. So we'll we'll see. 
Yeah, mm-hmm. I think she's opportunistic too, which, you know, but also she's like, I don't want to say she's woke, but like she's pretty liberal. So I don't know. But I'm, I'm remembering like when we first started talking about the show and thinking she was going to be kind of a Walter White kind of character. And yeah. I'm so far really happy that I think she has not gone full villain, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. Okay. Well, that's a good segue into what do we think is going to happen next episode? Hmm. Well, I mean, I think we're going to find out what happens when Greta watches the tape. And so I'm interested to see how she handles that because you get the sense that she doesn't have anyone to talk to. And so mm-hmm. even though she is angry at Sheila, I hope, like, I just want them all to be friends. So I hope <laughs> that she'll, like, she can, like, maybe confide in Sheila, you know? Okay. Yeah. Gina, what do you think? Um, I, I think she's going to continue this weird sort of thing she has going with with John Bream, mm-hmm. because I, I think that he his attitude towards development is one that she's going to take on in regards to building her empire as a mm-hmm. as a mm-hmm. as an exercise instructor. So I think she's going to you know kind of you know lift little bits and pieces of how he looks at things and how he does things and use it for her own gain. Mm-hmm. And you know, and meanwhile, I think that he's going to think that she just likes spending time with him because she just thinks he's a swell guy, right? <laughs> She's collecting evidence and information, and he's like, "Oh, this woman is attracted and interested in me." Mm-hmm. Right? Exactly. Must be because <laughs> I'm amazing. <laughs> Must be because I'm a man. <laughs> well, what other what other reason does she need? Exactly. Right, exactly. <laughs> Would never even occur to him otherwise. Oh, uh, I. <laughs> I think we're going to cinch the money situation just a little bit more tightly, mm-hmm. but definitely the idea of the more significant ad buy, I think the political campaign is going to have to start heating up a little bit more too. So I'll be curious to see if we see this Michael Schmidt character mm. on the horizon. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I what he's going to be like. Well... We will maybe see. But yeah. uh, in the meantime, Jen, if people want to get a hold of you, talk about the Tyler Fan Club or anything <laughs> else. You can find me at Jen Ferratu on all of the socials. Happy to share thoughts about Tyler. And you can also find me co-hosting the Losers Club podcast um, about Stephen King and the Psychoanalysis podcast about mental health and horror. Nice. And Gina, what about you? I am on Twitter under Porcelain72, and I am the co-host of the Kill by Kill podcast, uh, in which we talk about horror movies focusing on the characters and weird little details. Uh, we also have a side project, Dish by Dish, in which we are revisiting the series Hannibal episode by episode, so you can uh, you can find me over there. Nice. And if people want to hear a little bit more from me, you can listen to my podcast, Horror Queers, every Wednesday. And I can be reached on Twitter and Instagram at BeStillMyRemote, <laughs> and that's the letter B. So, uh, yeah, I guess before we sign off another episode of White Ladies in Crisis, we'll just give a shout out to the Anatomy of a Scream Pod Squad Network, who is hosting this. And, uh, yeah, I guess until next week... Um, Hide your video cassettes better. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Always wise advice. Right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Keep your weird tapes under your mattress. <laughs> there we go. Yes. <laughs> Until next week. <laughs>
Scream Pod Squad.